I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. In March 2012, the Federal Trade Commission issued recommendations that companies should build in consumer privacy protections at every stage in developing their products. The FTC calls this idea privacy by design. Others refer to this as baking in privacy policy into technology. Today I'm speaking with Michelle Dennity, Chief Privacy Officer at security products and services vendor McAfee. Michelle will be discussing with us the concept of baking in privacy policies into technology products and solutions and how she thinks this applies in the healthcare sector. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, for starters, please describe briefly how you see the concept of baking in privacy policy into technology. Yeah, so it's, it's a very timely discussion. I'm actually working on a book that's called Privacy Engineering, Getting from Policy to Code to QA to Value with my business partner, Jonathan Fox, and actually my father, Tom Finneran. And the way we look at it is there's been a great groundwork that's been laid by the universal adoption across many, many nations of privacy by design, the concept that you should start with privacy at the beginning of the design cycle and move out. And we believe that privacy engineering is a discrete discipline or field of inquiry, and that innovation can be defined as using engineering principles and processes to build the controls and measures into the processes, systems, components, and products that enable authorized processing of personal information. So that's a, I know that's a big mouthful, but basically it says don't just be mindful that privacy might be important, but this is actually starting to define a brand new field by leveraging the standards, the engineering, the legal, the policy, and the creative foundations of the past. So it's a really exciting time to be having this discussion. So now how can baking in privacy policies into technology apply in the healthcare sector? Well, there are very few sectors that I can think that are more worthy of building in these protections. If you think about the, the really the substantive right to privacy, it isn't a right of secrecy. It really is a right to have your own self-determination, to have information about yourself be treated with the respect that we would assume in a personal, person-to-person context. So when you're talking about technology that supports healthcare, health is one of the few topics that universally across the globe is agreed upon as a sensitive type of information. We don't want people to disclose our medical records. There are embarrassing things. There are things that we just want to keep to ourselves or maybe with our families. So when you build in the mechanisms from the technology layer, such that information is treated as a design principle, you actually have a much higher chance of being able to spread that respect across a very diverse type of workforce. You've got a lot of different people. You've got a lot of different organizations, payment servers, government people, doctors, nurses, follow-up, wellness, pharmacy. Think about all the players that are involved and family members when somebody becomes incapacitated to make sure that they're getting appropriate access to medical information. So there couldn't be something more personal than health information. And so baking in or engineering in or planning for personal information to be respected in healthcare could not be more important or germane. How might baking in privacy policies into technology help the developers and engineers of healthcare software and other health IT? 
Well, I think anytime you enter in standardization, and by standardization, I really don't mean one size fits all. I don't mean dictating from a policy perspective what the, the end result of the software should look like. But what I really mean is I think that it helps the developers and engineers to understand exactly what needs to be done when you bake in processes. And I'll, I'll, I'll dive a little bit deeper. So the process that we highlight in our book is actually UML processing taking a data-centric code, looking at the data that is required to actually perform functions for a various service. So looking at what, what is the business, in this case the business of healthcare, what is the end goal of the service provider to the patient, regardless of system for a moment. Once you figure out what that end goal is, what are the data elements that are required? Now you're starting to speak the language of engineering. How do we map out various data map scenarios? How do we build activity diagrams so that we understand where there can be sensitivities, where there may be vulnerabilities, where you maybe need escalated authentication in the case of children or maybe non-custodial parent who wants to see what's going on with a child? So there's all sorts of aspects that once upon a time may have been viewed as within the permit of the lawyer or just the policy person or maybe even luck, now we can start to look at those as discrete data-centric, patient-centric UML diagrams and activity diagrams, and it gives the engineer actually a much wider latitude for development so they can be creative in their own field, in their own language. So it really, really helps, I think, get the creativity back in the hands of the creators. How might baking in privacy policies into health information technology help healthcare organizations in their privacy and security compliance efforts? Well, I think as, as it kind of rolls up from the development, right? So everyone has a role. And in my mind, everyone who touches personal information, whether it's the patient all the way back to the payment processing people, everyone is a privacy engineer. So the organization at large, if you start with a data-centric network, and you start with developers and engineers and vendors that understand the respect for data engineering techniques, you start to see the bubble up of an organization that can plan for data as an asset, that can plan against risk of loss and make sure that there are alternative ways, layered in-depth defense, if you will, from an organization layer. You can also look at how that implies training at the organizational level, and it actually also helps to contain and manage and acknowledge risk so that they can also understand where are they making the appropriate investment. So it becomes a business and a value uh, discussion, but not in the way it is today. I think a lot of conversation today, and it's, it's not an intentional badness, but I think if you're sitting in a medical context and you say, I've got X amount of dollars, I can either buy uh, yet another life-saving tool like an MRI machine, for example, or I can buy some more authentication software. It's, it's sometimes hard to see where that has a direct line to patient benefit. I think where you start to bake in the engineering practices that become patient-centric and data-centric and doctor-centric, then you start to understand where those investments really do help patient care overall, which is the, it is the end goal, of course, of healthcare. You mentioned the benefits to patients of baking in privacy policy into the various help IT products. What would you say are the biggest benefits that patients can potentially see from this? 
Well, I think there's there's a lot of different levels. I think one is, is we get down to the original purpose of HIPAA, which is really portability. You know, it's healthcare insurance and portability, making sure that doctors have just-in-time information. So it's a little bit ironic that a chief privacy officer talks about giving instant access to data, but at the end of the day, if you view privacy from the, this angle of authorized sharing, of, of having a, a self-determinative life, if you will, then that very much is part of it. So if I go into my doctor, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow morning, it's a specialist. I'm assuming that she's going to have access to records so that I don't have to, A, go through a painful series of questionnaires again about a disease I don't really want to have in the first place. She should be up to speed. She should also know the interactions with other parts of my medical history that are relevant to the treatment that I'm hoping to receive. So it saves time and efficiency. It saves mental anguish on my part from having to constantly reiterate the same painful facts over and over again. And at the end of the day, it also allows everyone in this cycle to be able to understand how they can anonymize information, get people into the clinical trials that may be appropriate for them, um, and educate the patient as well as the doctor. And finally, I think, and this is anyone who's got a significant healthcare issue uh, will understand getting to those insurance companies. It makes me crazy. I have a law degree. I have a, a non-hourly, a salaried job, so I can spend the time and go on and on and on through those phone trees with these insurance companies. There are millions and millions of people that do not have those luxuries. And there are people out there getting billed for healthcare that really isn't due, right? So it's an insurance mistake because the insurance company has bad information or the healthcare facility has miscoded something. The more you engineer in a patient-centric and a doctor-centric, privacy-friendly, privacy-engineered fashion, I think you're going to start to see lower and lower of those misfires, so you're getting correct types of information. I, I'll give you a personal anecdote. I have multiple sclerosis, and I, so I see a, a myriad of different specialists for all sorts of funky immuno things. I can't tell you how many insurance companies have said that either the same treatment that I was on for 10 years was A, experimental, or that B, I no longer have the disease. Great news for me that suddenly some insurance company had cured me. Um, same treatment or that I already paid for something that I hadn't received yet and on and on and on. And I found myself month after month collecting these excuses to either charge me double or not charge me at all or withhold my medication that I needed to have at a consistent level to keep my immune system functioning correctly. So I have personal investment in making sure that this system works much better for my children and my family, but also I think that extends out. I don't think insurance companies really want to have all that excess hassle. They certainly didn't want to be on the phone with me for four hours every Friday during that period of time. So I think there's a lot of benefits to the patients, and I think it also cuts out on a lot of waste from a financial governance perspective as well for these healthcare operations. You mentioned the problem with the information payers often get, the insurance companies. How might baked-in privacy policies allow for more accurate and secure health information exchange overall, whether it's data that's sent to an insurer or data that is shared among healthcare providers? How might this idea of baked-in privacy policy help with that? I think if you start with a with a UML type diagram, right, a data centric diagram and an activity diagram, instead of having things that are either zipped and PDF'd and sent somewhere as an afterthought, you have 
data flows that are intended, that are auditable. Uh, you think about metadata that will show where there's fraud. There's a lot of insurance fraud out there, and I think there's going to be more and more man-in-the-middle types of attacks when it comes to insurance payouts, for example, or, or false identities to receive healthcare benefits. So I think the more you figure out, now it isn't a magic pill. So just because you've got a, a very well-engineered system, you have tons of, you know, the carbon-based unit is always the highest security risk. So you have a lot of people, you have a lot of social engineering and that sort of thing to deal with still. So it's not a magic pill. Um, even in the healthcare industry, there's no magic pill. But I think you do start to see intentional sharing of information and where you see of any asset, intentional ownership and intentional measurement, you can see intentional improvement. And I think that's the real differential here. And, and it will take time. We've got a lot of legacy going on out there. But I think we can start to have this movement and start to see more and more innovation in this area. What is the current status of the healthcare industry in terms of baking in privacy policies into their technology? And do you think that other industries are ahead or behind in applying this concept to their own information security and privacy practices? And technologies? It's a very interesting question. You know, I'm a, I'm a service provider to the healthcare industry, so I can't speak um, to them directly from a planning perspective or an execution perspective, but we've certainly sold a lot of good technology into the healthcare industry. I know there is a healthy interest. You're seeing more and more chief privacy officers being appointed in the healthcare world. You're seeing organizations coming together and talking about privacy technologies together as an industry. So I definitely am seeing movement uh, from the healthcare industry, uh, particularly in the U.S. where I have more exposure to it, but in Europe as well, even where it is a, a government activity um, in Canada as well, you start to see more and more of this private-public partnership talking about uh, healthcare, certainly on the security aspects. I think it's very, very, very early days on the either privacy by design as an element of policy and certainly brand new days on the privacy engineering front. There are a few privacy patterns out there. There are more and more types of existing technology, mostly in the security front, being posed as baked in protections, if you will. But I think this is a renaissance moment. Um, as far as there's as other industries are concerned, again, it kind of proves my point where, where you have an asset that is recognized as an asset, and I'm talking about the financial industry, you see a much greater maturity in control of that asset, that data asset, because they understand immediately and directly and profoundly what the impact of that is. In healthcare, you have a much, a much wider recognition of the different types of value. Um, and, and again, you do see you see a paucity of spend on things that you want to spend. You can't research every single orphan disease that you'd like to spend. You can't buy every new gadget that you'd like to spend on. There's a lot of um, close the gap kind of spending that's that's happening in that industry as well. So do I think they're terrible? No. Do, they, do I think it's cutting edge? I think we're just beginning to see this, this renaissance of patient-first personalized medicine, and with personalized medicine and patient-first type of care and more and more measurement going around patient outcomes, I think you're going to start to see the natural extension that will be what you measure you make, and that will be the baking in of privacy. So where do you envision this concept of baking in 
privacy policy going in healthcare. You sort of touched on that. What do you think might be on the horizon? You can't be a privacy person living at a security company and not be an optimist. So I am an optimist. And I I think what you're going to start to see is we've got programs like Carnegie Mellon launched the very first privacy engineering master's program this year. I'm hoping within five years that every major engineering school will offer at least a master's program in this type of discipline. In the further horizon, I think where we're going with a trillion nodes of informatics in the next 20 years with wearable computing and certainly wearable self-attested type of health information. There's this whole Fitbit and, and all of these kind of competitive apps, if you will, on moving or moves. There's a, an app called Moves, I guess, to track how long you walk around kind of naturally during the day. You're going to see more and more, I think, of a groundswell. So I would like to see every code slinger out there having to go through a privacy engineering training. I'd like to see ethics as a requirement for anyone who's issued an engineering degree. I think we're going to start to see more and more and more professionalization of the engineering discipline as well. Just as we did in the law schools, over the last 10 years, there was maybe one or two, a handful of law schools that offered privacy as a legal course of study Um, There was nothing when I was in law school, and now you're seeing almost every single law school has a dedicated course on data privacy. I think you're going to start to see that coming up through the technical disciplines. And then I think another important thing that's that's rarely talked about, which is I think you need to see more and more critical design, architectural design. You need the fine arts to really start to weigh into what do these interfaces need to look like so that we'll start to really engage in healthcare and healthcare information. How do we have the incentive so that it's not just the math geeks or the law geeks? It's really everybody thinking about public policy, public health, public ethics around healthcare. And then you start to see those requirements going back in so that it's time for us to serve humanity with technology. It's the time for us to fit ourselves to limited technology choices is ending, and I think that's on the horizon. I think it's time for us to serve humanity, and I think we recognize that, certainly at McAfee and and beginning more and more within the industry. Thanks, Michelle. I've been speaking to Michelle Dennity of McAfee. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.